welcome to Building Innovative Leaders podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're interested in developing your business and leadership while gaining a long-term competitive advantage in life and business, then welcome. You're in the right place. We're here to answer this question. How are entrepreneurs and high-performing leaders just like us who aren't looking for the easy way out or the tactic of the day and are willing to put in the work, who are using our own resources and capital, how do we build businesses and lead teams in a way that lets us strategically leverage innovation and scalable business foundations to remain agile, to get our innovative solutions out to the world, and yet still remain profitable and make an impact? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Kate Abelard. Let's get started. Hello, innovative entrepreneurs and innovative leaders. I'm so excited for you to join us for this week on Building Innovative Leaders podcast. My name is Kate Abelard, and what I wanted to talk to you about this week is very, very strategic. What we want to talk about is how to drive growth with client success metrics. Now, this is really important because when we think about client success, how we define it and how we apply it to our business determines the success of it and the metrics that we measure it with and then continue to refine our implementations also define its success. So I wanted to do a really robust episode today to talk about a few simple things and then also get into some data and then the actual metrics that you're looking at. So that way you have a full understanding of what this strategy looks like for you and your business. And then all through the week for the daily innovation briefings, we're going to talk about, again, even more in-depth metrics. So that way you know strategically where to pull the levers in your business and also how you and your team can continually work through implementing this as a strategy for your organization, for your leadership team, and how to build out client success managers and a team underneath it that seamlessly integrates with your organization. So big things, big ideas, big strategies, but this is going to get you real tangible results that are absolutely going to transform not only your business, but your client's business. And it's really off of this one simple premise. If you make your customers happy or your clients happy, you will get more customers, clients, or consumers. (laughs) Client success is increasing net negative turns, which means that you're growing your accounts or your business more than people are leaving it. So you're building revenue from the base. And this is very strategic. And this is why we're talking about revenue, because you're building relationships driving engagement, increasing adoption, and at times even helping your clients, customers, or consumers overcome challenges that they're facing. Some companies see client success as customer service on steroids. It's viewed as a cost center, but client success should be viewed as the best revenue generator in a reoccurring revenue company, in a service company, in a product company, in any single company. Client success is absolutely integral to your success as a business and to making sure that you have raving fans. So it is not free help. It is not glorified support. It is not, well, we're going to get to that when we're big enough. No, that's not what it means. Because sometimes you may think to yourself, why are we on the hamster wheel again? Every month we're back at the same point below it, or maybe just treading water. Maybe your churn is high. Maybe your adoption is low. And maybe you're not getting a lot of referrals. You want a forecastable revenue because then you can strategically grow your business for your future. Because here's what happens when I talk to a lot of business owners is that the gaps upstream tend to manifest themselves downstream. This is where we can plug those holes with client success. We can reduce churn, increase adoption, focus on the implementation, and set up customer ascensions 
So therefore, it's a strategic revenue system. So if you ever have the problem where your churn is high and your margins are low, or maybe your client or customer lifetime value is going down, or maybe again, you're just stuck treading the water, some people what they do is a growing company doesn't just come down to adding more salespeople. That's wrong. And a lot of people just try to throw sales at it, but it's actually not going to plug that leak from upstream like we just discussed because sales are fulfilling on lead gen. Lead gen comes from marketing and advertising and internally through expansion or ascension revenue, however you decide to define that in in your organization. So what specialists can magically do all that? And how do you ensure that you get an ROI from it? Well, really, actually, what you need to do to fix all those problems is, like I said, establish a revenue center with a strategic team that can internally focus on marketing, sales, and product and integrating with those teams, while also working externally with key metrics that strategically show value to your clients so you can grow your business and create raving fans. You need a client success revenue center. Now, here's what I really want to focus on because sometimes when I work with entrepreneurs and their team, they say that they have a client success team but they're not driving revenue for the organization. And this is a really big thing because sometimes what they do is they start to think of that client success center when it's not focused on driving revenue. What it does is it becomes a cost. So it always becomes a budget line item that they're consistently negotiating. And when you set up your client success in the right way, it's a revenue generating center. And so that's why I really want to shift that thought process today because it's really important to go from cost to revenue generating in order to grow your business. So what does it look like? Let's think about this. Ideally, if you could close your eyes and picture, and I could tell you what this would look like for you, close your eyes now. (laughs) I want to help you define what this actually looks like, feels like. You have growth, retention, loyal and referring clients. You're seeing your client success happen quicker and on a more transformational level. You as the entrepreneur and the leader have informed data and insights on how you're currently running your business, what areas can be refined, and what the client wants next. You have become an insightful leader who has a well-oiled machine running and the strategic leadership integrated with every area of your organization, which means you are efficient, you have crystal clear clarity, you have success and growth are now forecastable. And really what that gives you overall is you can sit and have a peace of mind at its absolute best. You're informed, you're well running, you're retaining, there's not leaks in your ship. You can literally just sit there with a peace of mind and just free. Well, now let's get down to how this actually affects you as the entrepreneur, your team, and your organization. So for you as an entrepreneur or an innovative leader, you're strategically driving key metrics that affect your marketing, advertising, sales, your product, your fulfillment, and your growth. But what's really important when you have client success is that you as the leader, you as the vision caster, you as the one who's understanding how to cascade down a strategy and go through the implementation, what you need to strategically leverage is the link between what the client feels and how that drives growth metrics in your organization. And no, it's not impossible (laughs) because here there is a key set of metrics that I'm going to discuss throughout the entire daily innovation briefing episodes this week to connect those two because I'm going to go deeper and deeper into what those metrics look like at a granular level, not just the 30,000 foot view. So it's really understanding that there are so many key metrics and that is why it goes from cost to revenue. So you're going to want to make sure that you keep on all week because that's how you really know as the entrepreneur and how your leadership team is going to know and then what your individual members on that client's 
success team, the client success managers or CSMs are going to know to drive your business forward. So that's really, really important. Okay, so the next one is how does it affect your team? Well, it's actually really amazing because what it does is it integrates with marketing, right? Because you know the customer intimately, the product team, because problems that need solutions, sales, you're helping them set up the the ascension or the expansion revenue, depending on how you define that in your business. And what that really does is it allows completely harmonious teams to come together. Everybody is working to serve the client. Everyone understands what needs to happen. Other people have different touch points. We can't just lump It's like if somebody was to pile all the files that go above your head, can you effectively go through those and make sure that you're managing all those different things? No, you can't, right? So when you have clients and then you have a client success manager and then you have products and then you have sales and marketing and all those different areas, what you do is you place revenue, right? Because we talked about this in several episodes is we focus on revenue and profit generating activities and we make sure that we laser focus on driving those forward. Because that's what builds momentum. That's what grows our businesses. So when we're able to break them out, like product has their own revenue and profit generating metrics and marketing has theirs and sales has theirs and client fulfillment has theirs. Everyone has their own things. But when you bring in client success and you drive it forward with metrics that drive revenue, what happens is you're taking the base of your customers that you already have as an organization and you're pouring gasoline on it. Because now what you're doing is you're ensuring they're getting to their success they're referring. And we're going to go deeper and deeper into what that actually means on a granular level. Because like I said, we really need to get into those metrics to make sure it drives revenue, not becomes costs. The next one here is an organization. This is actually really, really fundamental. If you have client success, and right now it's a cost center for you, let's help you redefine that. If you don't have client success, but you are a client-centric organization and you need to put some systems, processes, metrics, KPIs, and actual roles and responsibilities around that, then this is also going to be a great episode this entire week for you. Because what we need to do is we need to make it visible at the C-level. We need the metrics. Then we need to socialize those metrics. And then we need to prove those metrics. Sometimes when you haven't had it before, here's what I'm going to tell you. This is what normally happens is the first fiscal year, people are noticing what you're doing because you, again, socialize the metrics and you prove them. But then what happens is because you quantify it, the second year, then you're going to get the budget for it, right? Because people initially are going to see this as cost, like customer or client service. So what we want to do is we're helping them to adjust their metrics and their perception of it by socializing and improving them. So that way they understand it's revenue generating. Okay, so some of the key things here is that we're focusing on as an organization, increasing revenue, increasing retention, increasing client lifetime value, creates royal raving fans, and they refer. We're going to talk a little bit about that later because that's a really important number. And we're going to talk about how Google is actually a part of that and oh, a lot of other key major big corporations. And it decreases the time to value. This is really actually so important. And I feel like sometimes when we talk about client success, even with people who are in client success and we live and breathe this stuff, sometimes what we don't focus on overall and that I I really like getting focused in is decreasing time to value because you actually planned their client success journey. That is completely different than mapping out their experience with you, than mapping out their customer journey then mapping out um, the prospect journey. A client success journey is very defined. We understand what needs to happen for them to get value. We understand how to get quick wins on the board. We understand points of transformation. We understand points of impact. We understand resources that are necessary. Client success journeys allows you to decrease time to value. 
because you're, again, have the milestones, the resources, and the process to help them achieve it. That right there, if lots of companies focused on that alone, they would be wildly successful and decrease if they focus on decreasing time to value. Okay, so now let's get into some of that data. You know I love data. The first one here is there is a common metric among successful businesses. Remember how I said Google's a part of it and all those other big corporations? Because they get 80% of their customers from their customers. <laughs> it's word of mouth. So if they're doing it and they understand that this is something that needs to be done, right, is that they've already paid for those leads, they've already nurtured those leads, they've already ensured their success, then they would obviously then refer. So then those referrals that come in, come in as a bonus almost. It's like they're not paying them to come in, right? So then that that makes more sense. It's cheaper to keep somebody than it is to continuously go out there and prospect and prospect and prospect. And if those clients who are successful continue to bring you referrals and you don't have to keep paying to prospect, it's, it's expensive, right? So you want to do that. And the next one here that is really important, it's going to blow you some of you right out of the water is this. First time customers can be worth eight to 10 times their ACV. What? <laughs> I know. That's almost five times more important than sales. I said almost, so sales, please don't get upset. But honestly, that's five times than sales. You need sales to get the customers to sign them. But what you really need to understand is that client success comes in and helps the sales process. And when the sales process is done, what they do is they do a soft handoff. And that, if you just listen to what I said, so client success comes in during the sales process, helps close deals, help points out key values, helps understand what customer segment they're in and how to change the pitch or how to change what the process is or what the end results are or what the key success looks like for them before they get sold. So that way when they're sold, they don't have to re-indoctrinate that client, customer or consumer. They already know. They're already excited. <laughs> They're already ready to get working or use the product or have the service, right? So that's a really important thing right there. All right, so let's talk about what this means in data points. So one, we're going to measure the points. Yes, we know. Then analyze them. I want you to focus on a few key areas when you're looking at analyzing. So where is the data coming from? Certain segments of the data. What is the customer or client life cycle? And what is the adaption or adoption cycle here? Then figure out where it is happening, these data points, and why it's happening. And then what you can do is follow that up with having the data trigger actions inside your client success workflow, both automated and manual. So manual is like pick up the phone or go and visit. All right, so I have two areas that I just wanted to kind of go because we need, I need some examples. I don't know about you, but examples help make this more real, right? So I gave you some data that makes that real, like, whoa, okay. 80% of their customers are from their customers, just like Google does, these big companies. That's why they're so successful. And first time clients or customers or consumers can be worth eight, 10 times their ACV. Those are some big numbers. So let's start putting some actions to what those look like. Let's talk about usage. One, if someone hasn't signed in for a while, hasn't contacted you in a while, hasn't used the product, used the service in a while, you maybe tried sending out emails, maybe you did text, maybe if you have an app, you did in-app notifications. Well, that can then trigger, right, based on their usage patterns, a phone call to see what's going on. Like, what's going, what's up? What's up? What's happening? Um, are you having issues? Uh, can you use any help with anything? Are you having problems at the company? Are you not happy with it? Right? That doesn't happen unless data points trigger client success areas. Okay, so the next one here, let's talk about in the application of it. So say that you release a new feature, 
or new product or a new service in the last 30 days. And you know that it's really important to say a segment group like financial services. If you realize that that user has not yet interacted, implemented, or started to try to adopt it, you can then instead trigger a CSM phone call, customer client success manager phone call and figure out why it's so important, help them understand how it links to their core business, the core goals that they have, some of the key results that they can get with it, and then say, let me walk you through it. I'd be happy. This is going to be something that really transforms your business. And now they understand why. Now, let me tell you why this is so important. Usage and application. Usage and application, whether you have a product or a service, whether you have client, customers, or consumers, no matter what they are, usage and application applies. And what we need to understand is that Usage, if somebody has like signed out of something for a while or has not engaged with you, not picking up emails, not returning phone calls, there's a glaring problem. But what we need to understand is that client success can find out the pattern in that data and tell you, oh, red flag or a yellow flag, orange flag, you know, and let you know what happens before it becomes too late to do that turnaround. Right. And when you start seeing clients, customers or consumers not adopting or not using or implementing things that you're releasing that would actually be the transformation that they need, you need a way to catch that before that becomes a problem. Maybe it's just cutting through the white noise. Maybe it's getting in in with the executive and having them understand what that looks like, right? Maybe it's, okay, you know what? We have a lot of junior, I'm going to use a development, uh, a SaaS model. We have a lot of junior and senior development, but I have no directors logging in and checking out this function. And when the junior and senior developers look at it, they're don't really, they like went through the demo because they're in the product more often, but they didn't do anything with it and they didn't attach any of the metrics to it. So there's a problem here, right? So we understand the application something is happening. We're not translating the value to the right person. That's what you would know with that metric, right? So the usage and the application is really important. So these are just ways that we're talking about client success is really going to be integral because we're talking about measuring points, analyzing them, and then finding out what we can do to provide the value. All right. So let's bring this in a little bit. I want to talk and start getting down to some of these data points that you need to be collecting, because now that you understand why they're so important, right, you start to see the application of how this could work for you in your business. Let's talk a little bit more. So later in the DIB episodes for today, we're going to be diving more into financial metrics for the entrepreneur and the C-suites, as well as the mindset that takes that data and the financials and how to transform it for your clients. So that way you don't feel like the fish out of water, right? Because you need that link between what your financials are and what their emotional subconscious connections are because you need to connect the two together. And then another episode that I want to highlight this week is Tuesday because this week we're also talking about what leadership can strategically discuss with client success team members. So that way they're tracking the right metrics and giving the right insights and also help defining the role and making sure that they're very, very effective. So these are two key episodes that we're talking about like more in-depth metrics. So make sure that you check those out because it's going to even go deeper and they're not the same metrics as the one that I'm discussing today. So let's get down and talk about where the money is. What metrics should you be tracking and will give you a direct tie to your revenue and your profits? Now, some of these may apply directly to you and other may not. (laughs) This is a list that I use as a quick reference, no matter the industry or the business model that I'm working with, because I can creatively quick frame them and get an easy reapply these metrics for any business and its model. So I wanted to share these eight points with you so that way you can do the same and then use the DIB episodes to make sure that you get the direct business or the blueprint implementation plan 
plan to go through through the DIB episodes for you, your business and your team. So again, these are the quick reference. These are really great to just maybe take a picture of when you scroll up for the episode notes, they're going to be in there. And then it's just a quick reference for you to do. And also, if you haven't checked out, you're going to want to uh, make sure that you subscribe to Kate Strategy, who sponsors the show. That is where everything is coming from, all the training is coming from that we're then putting on this Building Innovative Leaders podcast. They are always releasing additional how-tos that support everything that we put out on the Building Innovative Leader podcast. And they're always talking about different metrics and making sure that you guys get all the insights that are additional every single week because there's also other trainings that we do, um, like video trainings where you can actually see us talking with you and make sure that you need to get some of your, your questions answered, that you can get them answered live and things like that. So make sure that you're following all those different sources because because that's how you're going to make sure that you get everything that you need. So let's talk about this. Number one, turn rate. <laughs> so when you focus on this, you can come become incredibly capital efficient. So a lot of people, whether it's, again, some of these apply to SaaS, right? Because we work with a lot of heavy SaaS. But what we also work on is with a lot of entrepreneurs. And you know us, we're always talking about industry distillations and how they can apply and be leveraged in other industries and markets. So that way they become a long-term competitive edge. Well, this one, folks, is one of those that you're going to look at. So you want to figure out like how many people are not signing up with you again. Maybe you have retainers, software that people are subscribed to, or you have subscription models in your business. So your turn rate, you're going to want to figure that out. Then the second one here is ARR, annual recurring revenue. Again, you're looking at retainers, software, or subscriptions. The third here is second order value. Now, this is more of a product focus, but what you need to realize is that Second order value uh, revenue can also focus on the next two things. So step four here that I'm looking at always metrics that I'm looking for are how many upsells are happening. Five, how many cross sales are happening, right? So those all go into second order or second contract or second renewal, right? If they're on retainer. So again, the second Number six here is 90-day adoption, which is what I discussed earlier as being so important, which is time to value. This is not financial for you, but a lot of times it can be financial for them or it can be benefit for them, right? So you need to figure out what is the value, define it, and then make sure that you have less than 90 days for that full, ad full adoption to happen. All right, number seven here is product or service roadmap feedback. Those need to be numbers. What are, what are you getting scored at? Where are the different areas? What does your scale look like? So that way you know what the feedback is happening. In all of our organizations and all the ones that we work with, we either do a three, like red, yellow, green, or we do a six, like green, light green, yellow, yellow, orange, orange, and red. I didn't count that on my fingers as I said it, but there's six colors in that scale. So it's like a sliding scale, but each one of those colors have a defined set of what the feedback is for somebody to be placed in that. And then eight is the utilization numbers. This happens with a product or a service. You just need to figure out what utilization means to you and your organization. Now, one thing I want to put in with these, but I absolutely want to help you make sure that you understand that this metric is actually separate, but it's something that you need to decide no matter what in the beginning. Do not leave this to the end because if you leave it to the end, what's going to happen is going to create confusion and it's going to create, well, sometimes some internal bad feelings about it. So what I want you to decide for a metric is who owns renewals. This is really, really key. Because at first, we didn't do this internally in our organization. At first, I wasn't aware I was just focused on what metrics I needed to be focused on and the team needed to be focused on. But because renewals is part of it, I just I don't know, I don't know why I forgot it. 
But ever since we did, and I was like, oh, we never defined who owns this. And then I was like, won't ever make that mistake again. So it's sales or client success. So a way that this can happen is because client success ultimately affects, absolutely does, renewal. So you want to say that client success can set up and then bring in sales to close? Or is client success fully responsible from like, beginning to end, front to close, like bringing them through. I think you need this. Uh, You're already up at your usage. I think you can go to the next level or you've already achieved XYZ results. Now that you have the revenue streams, this is the next thing that you need to be doing to grow the business even further. Like you need to decide who has that. If it's strictly sales, client success, if client success gets a piece of what the sales gets issued, you need to define what that is. So that's a metric internally that absolutely has to happen no matter what you're doing when you implement client success. So glimpse into the future. Here's what my ideal future would be here. My ideal future would be to have an executive team of the future uh, that has heads of marketing, heads of sales, has a uh, client success, and they're all equal value. So this already happens in our organization. It's beginning to happen more and more with our evolved organizations that we're working with. They understand what we're talking about. They want to implement it. They've taken the training inside of our private clients and they understand what it looks like to drive a revenue center instead of a cost center. But what I really want to understand here is that we want to make it the same executive level because what they're doing is they're driving as hard as marketing, as hard as sales, as hard as we are in the C-suites. So are they. There are key parts into our revenue. They're a key part into making sure that we don't have churn. They're a key part into the retention and creating royal uh, raving fans and referrals and making sure that we decrease the time to value. So that way our success rate of our individual clients goes way up when they work with us. It's really important. And that's ultimately what I would like to see happen in our businesses. Because what we're doing is that we are focused on that we are not going to be reactive We are going to be proactive and that we say we're a client-centric focus organization, but we actually back that up with client success. And we don't have a, a loose definition of client success. We take it extremely seriously. We have a team that does it. We have the metrics that matter. We understand that it can be revenue generating and we understand that as a value add for us as an organization, but ultimately what we're doing and why it becomes a value add for us is because we're adding to our client success because of it. So I just want to thank you guys again so much for joining me today. I know I've gone on a little bit, but I hope that we understand all the different applications. And remember, those DIB episodes this week are going to be absolutely integral because Monday and Tuesday, we're getting into some of those data points. We're understanding how to influence internally and then externally and what data points to measure in both Monday and Tuesday. They're two different episodes. So make sure that you tune in for both of those. Wednesday is understanding the core components to making this happen for your organization and then telling you how to define it. So that way you actually come out with how it defines for your organization. Thursday is the thought leadership that needs to happen for your entire organization and specifically for your client success teams. What does that look like? And Friday is the actual metrics that makes an awesome client success manager. So that way you have metrics on Monday, metrics on Tuesday, metrics on Friday, and then you have the meat and potatoes to making sure that this happens in your organization Wednesday and Thursday. So thanks so much for joining me today. Make sure to scroll down, take a quick screenshot of the 
eight ways that you can make sure that this directly applies to you and the metrics that you're looking for in your business. And remember, these are just general metrics, a quick reference that I use, but it's going to be an awesome quick reference for you. And also make sure that you're scrolling down and you're applying for the free. Remember, this is just for listeners of the Building Innovative Leader podcast. You want to make sure that you hit that link so that way we can go over with you, make sure that everything that we're talking about in these main episodes actually is applied to your business correctly with your business model, with your team structure, with the resources that you have and the leverage points that you have existing, what can we strategically do to make sure that this implementation plan really works for your business and is a winning success that you can use and a winning strategy that you can implement immediately. Thanks so much for joining me. Talk to you guys all this week. And remember, Monday's episode is already dropped. So you're going to want to scroll down and check that out. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us today. And as always, if you'd like to join us in our free Facebook group, Come on over to the tribe of innovative entrepreneurs and join us for our weekly trainings. Have a great day.